Okay, that was just one minute. Anyone had any good news? Heard any good news? Shared any good news? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't. You got your part. You got a part at the school play. <gasps> Wonderful, both of you. Excellent. Yeah, round of applause for that. That's good news. Uh, anything else? Any? Pat's got her mouth open. Does that mean you're going to speak? Oh no, sorry. <laughs> She's just breathing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive. I thought you were about to say something. Oh, anyone? David. Yes. Thirteen schools of the Generate Tour this week all went well. Brilliant. Yeah, that deserves a round of applause. Um, any other good news? It's tricky, isn't it? Because good news, when we're asked to think about it, we think, oh, I don't know. There's plenty of news that we would think is not good news. There's plenty of news we receive all the time through the media that's not great news. Newsworthy, but not good news. I think I've mentioned before, there is the Good News Network. If you want good news, you're not getting it, you can go to the Good News Network and you can look at all the good news that is happening. And this week, did you know that for the first time in modern memory... Americans are drinking more water than fizzy drinks. That's good news. I don't know what we're doing, but that's what the Americans are doing. And also, Iceland is to become the first country to enforce equal pay for men and women. It will be enforced by 2020, but it was announced at the World the Women's, the Women's Day, World Women, Women's Day, which is great. And also, did you know, there's a little story that I read about an 18-year-old girl who was watching the news. can't remember what country it was in now. It was snowing, and it was really cold outside. She was watching the news, and she saw a report about a lorry driver who was stuck in the middle of nowhere on his own. She realised it wasn't far from her. It was actually two and a half miles. So she went out on her horse with a hot coffee and took it to the man in the truck. That's good news, isn't it? There's good news out there, if you search for it, but it's not readily in our faces. Do you know what the Bible says? It says this. It says, good news gives health to the bones. Good news gives health to the bones. And in the Bible, there is plenty of good news. In the book of Luke, it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus speaks these words. He has chosen me to tell good news to the poor. He sent me to tell prisoners they are free and to tell the blind that they can see again. He sent me to free those who have been treated badly and to announce that the time has come for the Lord to show his kingdom. Jesus brings good news every day to every single one of us. So if we feel we haven't had any, we can look to him. And he will bring us some. We're going to stand and sing our first hymn, which talks about the wonderful things that Jesus has done. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Let's stand and sing together. Oh, wonderful. Please be seated. I think I'm getting older. I get more exhausted at the end of that song. We're going to take up our offering this morning. Um, Yes, right now. I think.
Maybe. Oh, yes, we are. Okay. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) You may remember over the past few weeks we've been taking a look at our vision, which we'll put on the screen for you, which we have been... Oh, it's coming. Takes a while, so much in it. Which we've been looking at, thinking about, um, and seeing how that works for us. We are Cotton Baptist Church, a family church in the heart of our community. By that we mean, yes, we have families within us, but we are a family of people, God's family. And our aim is to communicate the love of God and make Jesus known, which sounds wonderful, but how do we do this? We plan to do this by seeking God's ways above all else, which we talked about, by putting God first, by not being distracted by all the maybe good and useful, sometimes bad things that are around them, but by seeking God. And then we talked about showing the love and grace and welcome of God to everyone we meet. We also talked about how we remind each other, well, this is what we're doing today, and communicate to others the love of Jesus is good news for all people. That's what we're going to be looking at, I do believe. That's right. Take a look at that. Think about um, what we do as a church, about the kind of people we are, and about how we seek to communicate the love of God and make Jesus known. Paul is going to come up and read our Bible passage to us this morning as we think about our vision. Um, So this morning's reading is quite short. Um, It's from um, Mark chapter 1, it's verses 14 and 15, and it comes just after Jesus' baptism and his um, temptation, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Thank you, Paula. If you are um, married or have ever been married, you will remember a few things that happened to you. One of them you'll probably remember is when you got engaged and what happened and the circumstances that surround that. For some of you, that would be... um, a wonderful romantic time for others, maybe not so, and it just sort of happened. In 1996, Simon and I got engaged, and, you know, you always think when you get engaged it'll be a candlelit dinner and, you know, down on one knee, lots of romance. I don't know whether you always imagine, but that's what you always see. Uh, Maybe a trip to Paris or something like that. Well, I went round one Saturday morning to wake Simon up because we'd been out the night before, and it was about, you know, 12 o'clock, so I thought, well, I should be up. So I knocked on his door, and his friend answered, and he said, oh, he's still in bed. So I went upstairs, I'm like, will you wake up, will you get up? And we're chatting away, and he suddenly went, will you marry me? And I'm like, well, first of all, I was like, oh, my goodness, 
I don't know what to say now. Um, so I thought, I've got a good clause to get out of it so I can think about it. I said, well, I'm only going to agree to marry you if you've got a ring. I'm like, Simon's not going to have a ring because it's not that organised. So he went, oh, OK. And he crawled out of bed and I thought, oh, Lord. And he went to the side, he went, I've got this ring. It was my mum's engagement ring. And I'm like, oh, no, this is really serious. And, you know, I'd like you to marry me. And I was thinking, what, no, Dan, I'm on knee. He's in his PJs. I'm sitting on the bed. I said, OK, then. And so that was it. <laughs> Romantic. So then I thought, well, this is, this is exciting. Once I'd sort of got my head round, oh, what have I done? I thought, well, this is exciting. Well, I need to tell someone because, you know, this is news. So I left Simon's house and I rushed home to my flatmate and I went through the door and I went, Phyllis, 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 Phyllis. She's not in. I'm like, oh, gosh, OK. It's all right. I'll ring my, I'll ring, I'll ring my Abby. Abby, I'll ring Abby. So I dialed the number. She's not in. OK. OK, well, I'll ring, I'll ring Sarah. She, she wasn't in. I thought, well, I'll ring my sister. She's going to be in. So I rang Jenny. She wasn't in. So I sat there for three hours trying to get hold of people until someone finally turned up or answered the phone and I could tell them. And, you know, it was like excruciating. I had this news... I got engaged. Didn't want to tell my parents because Simon was going to go down and ask them, you know, after the fact. But it's all right, they didn't know that. But you see, I wanted to share it because the thing about good news is it has to be shared. When you've received something or you know something good, you have to let others know. You have to tell them. You want them to know so that they can join you in the excitement that you are feeling. And not only is good news contagious in that sense, but as the book of Proverbs said, as we said at the beginning of the service, good news gives health to the bones, makes you feel good, makes you feel better, especially when you've been waiting for it or longing for it or hoping that it will happen, especially when you've been desperate for that news to arrive. It's a bit like when someone is expecting a baby or have been longing for a baby for some time. They can't wait to tell people when that baby arrives. In fact, probably, you know, these days, someone has a baby and then immediately on their phone trying to get their, you know, live tweets up about how they've just had a baby. Because finally, there's good news. The good news is here to share with other people. And, you know, in a sense... I guess that's why when Jesus was born on earth, when God's son arrived as a baby, when God finally came to dwell among those people he had created, there was much sharing of news. God couldn't wait to tell people that his son had finally arrived. We're told that an angel of the Lord appeared and the glory of the Lord shone around. And the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. Because today, finally, the Messiah has been born. Today, finally, there's real good news to share with everyone. After all, the people of Israel have been waiting for years to hear this good news. For that matter, they have been waiting for years to hear any good news. You see, back in the Old Testament... As many of you know, hundreds of years before Jesus arrived, they'd heard that sometime in the future, good news would come. 
through the prophets, through those who brought messages from God, they had been told that good news was coming. Back in the Old Testament, of course, good news was seen as a specific thing. It was called the day of the Lord. They were told the day of the Lord will come. The day when God will arrive will come. The day when God's time is here. A time when God will reign. A time when he will make all things right. A time when justice will come. A time when freedom will be found for people. A time when the poor will win the day rather than the rich. A time when the hungry will be fed. The time when Israel will have their day. And those who oppose them will be destroyed. The time when finally God's kingdom will be established on earth. This was good news. And this was the good news that the people of Israel had been waiting for. And they'd been waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years. So it's no wonder that when an angel appeared announcing the birth of the Messiah, this was described as good news of great joy. Because it meant that finally... The time of God had arrived. And so it's also no surprise that when we open the book of Mark, that, the, that begins sometime after Jesus was born, and the opening lines we read are this, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah. Because this is news to be known and to be shared. This is contagious news. It's news to be rejoiced over. This is the good news that had been waited for for a long, long time. The only problem was that although it really was good news, good news for all people, it wasn't exactly what the people of Israel were expecting. Now, whether it's because they'd been waiting for so long or because they had started to focus on their own problems and their own issues, it seemed that over the years, their understanding of the good news of God had changed. It had, if you like, gained a few caveats along the way. Um, You know, it becomes something a little bit different. Sure, the people of God were still waiting for good news. They were still waiting for the Messiah, for the time of God, for the kingdom of God, for the day of the Lord. But somehow their expectations had become a little bit polarised. So that when Jesus arrived, when the good news finally appeared, the people of Israel had a very specific understanding of what this good news would look like believing that the day of the Lord, the new time of God, instead of being for all people, would be a time for those who deserved it. Those who were righteous. Those who had tried to follow Yahweh. Those who had stuck to their religion. Those who were deserving of the goodness of God. Or if you like, the people of Israel believed when Jesus arrived that the good news was going to be for the house of Israel, for God's people. So that, in effect, what the good news would do when it arrived was not release everyone and make everything right, but instead separate everyone into different camps, revealing good from bad, showing the day of the Lord as one of hope and salvation for the righteous, for the good people, and despair and destruction for the bad people, for the unrighteous. Or if you like, Israel believed that 
the good news of God would be one that freed them and enslaved their enemies, making everything right. So when Jesus arrived in the backwaters of Galilee, not in Jerusalem as was expected, and he was preceded by the strange and wonderful John the Baptist, and he was proclaiming the good news of God. Imagine their surprise when instead of affirming their beliefs and expectations, the ones they'd grown up to believe over the years, Jesus revealed, or should I say, reminded Israel what the good news of God was really all about. That instead of being about separating good from evil, instead of being about vengeance and retribution, instead of being about freedom for some and destruction for others, it was actually about God. Not about Israel's idea of justice, but about God. And more importantly, it was about God's love and God's grace. God's way of being and living, which manifests itself in his kingdom, a place free from religious restrictions or political groups or structures or righteousness and unrighteousness or judgment and recrimination or age and gender and ability and physical limitations, a place free, if you like, from the caveats that the Jews had put upon it over time. And instead, a place that was led by God's agenda. A kingdom that was open to all. In fact, it's a kingdom that craved all, that desired all, that reached out to all. People didn't have to move to enter this kingdom of God. They didn't have to live in a certain place or a certain community or be part of a certain religion to have access to the kingdom of God. They didn't have to search or travel or struggle to find it. In fact, they didn't even have to die to belong to it. Because the time has come, says Jesus. The kingdom of God has drawn near good news. Real good news for all people has come to you. And all you have to do, whatever walk of life you come from, is turn and believe and enter into it fully. You don't have to die. It's not for later. You don't have to become part of a religion. You just have to turn and believe and enter in. And you will reside in the kingdom of God forever from that moment on. Now, it's fair to say that the people of Israel felt a little bit aggrieved at this. Because, you know, they believed they'd spent their whole lives following God. They'd lived under Roman rule. They'd been upholding their righteousness. They were ready for the good news to justify them and to give them what they deserved. Only for God to turn around and love everyone, even those who really didn't deserve it. In fact, those who deserve far worse. It wasn't right. It wasn't fair. It wasn't what they wanted or had longed for or had hoped for. But interestingly, it should have been what they were expecting. After all, the very reason God's people were created was so that God could bring his blessing to the whole earth. Right back in the book of Genesis when he called Abraham, he said this, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed 
through you. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This was the call of Abraham. This was the purpose of God's people, to be blessed so that they could bless others, to be loved by God so that they could show God's love to others, to live as people of God's kingdom, so that when the doors were finally opened wide, when the Messiah finally came, they could help people to enter in with great joy and excitement. But they'd become so interested in their own problems and joys and lives, so sidetracked by other things that they'd forgotten what they were actually here to do. They'd forgotten that they were here to show those around the good news of God and that it was for all people. You know, a couple of weeks ago, it was really raining here, really like horrible, tipping it down, school run type weather, you know, always rains on the school run. And um, I'd taken James to school, Joshua to Ladybirds, and I'd gone to pick Joshua up a bit later. It was still raining. And on the way to Ladybirds, Joshua had seen a massive puddle, this real big, massive puddle by the gate to Ladybirds, which is so, so very tempting. And he went, I want to play with it, Mummy. I want to play in it. I'm like, no, 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 but we'll do it on the way out. You know, weirdly thinking he would have forgotten. Anyway, I went to pick him up. And he came out and he went, Mummy, can we play in the puddle straight away? I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. So, of course, darling, I'm one of these free and easy mothers. I don't mind you getting wet. Oh. So, there he was. There was the puddle. I said, but darling, you know, remember, we're going for lunch. And he went, oh, yeah, mummy, I'm really hungry. And I said, we'll we go for lunch now. He went, no, I want to play in the puddle. So he got in the puddle, paddled through the puddle, then thought, no, we're not just going to paddle. We're going to jump in the puddle from great as much as we can. Yeah, we're going to ride our scooter through the puddle. And there's me going, yeah, this is fun, thinking, oh. Flip, look at that. I've got to clean all that. But no, we should, we should have fun with our children, not worry about the mud. And he was playing, and I kept going, Joshua, we need to have food, darling. It's getting cold. Mommy's getting wet. Mommy's, mommy's getting a bit grumpy. Can we go and get some food? And he's like, Mom, but I love the puddle. Look at this. I'm going to sit in it. Oh, yes, darling, brilliant. Doesn't matter. It's just trousers. It's fine. But darling, we're going home. That's why I've picked you up. We're going to get some lunch. After about 15 minutes, and I kept reminding Joshua that we were getting food, he suddenly turned and went, oh, mummy, I'm really hungry. And I'm like, yeah, I know, darling. I've been telling you. So I dragged him out of the puddle. Mummy, I'm really cold. Yeah, I know, honey. And we went home, and we had lunch. And, you know, in a way, just like Joshua, and just like the people of Israel in Jesus' day, we can get caught up in our own agendas as Christians. You know, we can get caught up in the things that we think are really important at that time. Whether it be the discrimination we think Christians are receiving at this moment, or whether it be the causes we think we need to fight, or whether it be the issues of others we think we need to commit to, or the issues the papers say are important. We can get so caught up in jumping around in our own puddles you know, if you like, doing our own thing, getting really involved and immersed in that which really interests us, that we forget why we are actually here and what we are called to do. And worse than that, we forget that the good news of Jesus is actually good news. Good news for all people. It's not just good news for some, 
or good news if you're in the right religion or if you live the right life or if you fit into a certain box. It's good news for all people, everywhere, at all times of human history. And as God's people, people who live in his kingdom now, our role is to make this good news known and accessible through the way we live and speak and be, not to jump around in our own puddles, having our own fun, debating our own issues, but getting out and realising why we're here and continuing to live the way that we should. Because the doors of God's kingdom are open right now. The kingdom of God has drawn near and there's room for everyone. And so if we as a church here desire to communicate the love of God and make Jesus known, as we say we do in our vision, then we need to keep reminding each other that the good news of God is actually good news because it's easy to forget or it's easy to alter it or to turn it into news that's all right for those who like church and singing and things like that when actually it's good news of great joy for all people and we, we here have been charged with sharing it we're sharing that good news we've been the people who say you've had no good news this week I'll give you some good news. You don't hear any good news? I know of some good news. There's no little story at the end of the news saying, and finally, well, look, this is an and finally. We've got good news to share. It's good news of great joy, which is good in a world where good news is very hard to find. Let's take a moment before we pray together. So as we go from here, may we know God's arms around us. May we know what the good news of Jesus is. And may we live lives that are worthy of him. May God bless us and keep us and walk with us. Amen.